We play and call it work. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sit and Talk. Today you have Luca from Mini Wargaming. Happy to ramble and happy to listen and answer any questions you have for me. Uh, this is a show where I will be sitting here for an hour, as I do have a horse hair scheme going on right now. Normally I like to ramble and go skirt as long as I can, but I don't think I can today, though that's probably a lie. I probably will end up doing that anyways. Um, and next week will be Matthew, I believe, so make sure you leave any questions for him, or if you're watching the live show, just go check out the live show next week. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you weren't able to make the live show, if you go to miniwargaming.com and watch the video there, you can leave the comments on the website, and that's where Matthew will be able to see all your questions for him, as people have done for me from last week's episode. And obviously I want to thank all of you live, or the live viewers out there for watching us while we live stream, supporting us while we live stream, because, well... We like live streaming. We want to make it a thing. So it's kind of it's kind of uh, critical that we have you out there watching. So again, much love from me here at Mini Wargaming. Much love from Cullen because he kind of tackles the whole live streaming section of the company. Yes, and much love to B Mauser who just subscribed for seven months. Keep up the good work. Much love to you, B Mauser. Without the subs, we cannot do this thing. And uh, I particularly enjoy the live stream uh, chat. And I want to apologize for starting a little late. It was, I think, uh, I, I was busy with my guests and Cullen got a little distracted, so we kind of both lost track of time there. Uh, what I will be doing is opening up Streamlabs, so you can ask me your questions live. I'll just go ahead and open it now for all of you who already know how this works. But for those of you who do not know how this works, you have to do exclamation mark ask, one word, with a space, and then your question. And then it'll pop up here in front of me, so I'll be able to answer it for you. Try to make it shorter and more concise, less characters because only so much pop up over here, and I'll have to ask Cullen to go back and find the timestamp to get the question. And you're only ever to able, sorry, you're only ever able to ask one question at a time, as Streamlabs will queue it up, and until I close it and pass it as I've answered it, then you'll be able to answer more questions. I don't mind if you ask a lot of questions in one go, or just continue to ask me questions, because I'm always, I'm always happy to answer them. And of course, Vault members, I will be answering your questions that you left for me in last week's episode, uh, on, I think it was Steve's, who did last week. So, trying trying to hit up both. And, uh, yeah, I'll start off with a vault member question right away. Might as well get right into it until I build up some questions on Streamlabs. I got a couple already. First one is from the Eye of Night vault member. Luca, what are the usual, so what is the usual etiquette rules for, or what are the usual etiquette rules for everyone standing around during an intro? No fidgeting, hold eye contact. Uh, no fidgeting is a good one. I'm pretty bad because I was gonna say that's one that Luca can't even follow. I was gonna say because I can't. I'm, I'm I'm hands all over the place. I'm I'm moving. I'm I'm, I'm doing okay. Get my well, I'm I'm fine at keeping my feet still, but I'm always moving my upper body and my arms. Now I'm bad also because I never really tell my guests what the etiquette are. They're usually I don't want to say paralyzed by fear, but they're usually a little. Oh no, I can't think of the word. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're a little scared. Not scared, but um, when you're when you're camera intimidated, shy. camera shy. Thank you, shy. Thank you. Wow, the word was literally the three-letter word, shy. That was it? That, that was the word, shy. Oh. I'm sorry. They're a little shy. Camera shy, to me, more precise, where they're, they're more than happy just to sit there and be quiet and stare at the camera. I find a lot of people just stare at the camera anyway, so I don't have to tell them. 
But yeah, you can. You, there's dialogue back and forth always works. I'm always okay with someone just jumping in with saying something. I usually like to ask the person where they're from, how long their drive was, what they're playing, stuff like that, just to get their voice out there to get people used to their voice. But yeah, no fidgeting is probably the only one. Eye contact with the camera is important as well. But yeah, that, that one is coming from uh, like a film background when you're trying to make narrative stuff and you when you have to try to get people to not look at the camera. Yeah. That's so like typically people yeah. stare at cameras and you're fine for that. Right. But yeah, the, the whole don't look at the camera because that kind of breaks the immersion sort of thing, right? Yeah, that was yeah. The, the life of the Wargamer that actually went up today. There were some amazing moments with uh, Dan, baby. Was he, was he, oh no, you're trying to record something. Dan keeps looking at the camera. <laughs> it was so good. Did you have to tell him to stop and you just couldn't do it? Yeah. yeah. And you, you tell people, like, just don't look at the camera. And then they do and they look right <laughs> down and you're like, yep. Really well, takes a second to just break it. Yep. I can picture his face now. Oh, anyways, next question. We got another vault member, Silver Vault member, Ronan the Retriever. <laughs> that's a cool dog name, actually. For like, sorry, dude, I don't want to like insult you, but that's a great Golden Retriever name, Ronan the Retriever, right? Dog yeah, is. your dog's name's Ronan. That's yeah, pretty cool. That's a cool dog name, right? Luca, now that the elite, now that the elite expansion is out for Kill Team, do you think that Mini Wargaming will do a campaign? Matthew wants to. Matthew actually wants to run Kill Team events up in the tournament hall in the bunker. You, he kind of toyed with asking, toyed with the idea of asking all of us, what would you like to spearhead if you were to run live events? And uh, I think I came up with, I had my own ideas, Steve had his own ideas, um, and Matthew's like, well, I want to do Kill Team, and I really can't remember what else he said. Do you remember? Matthew? Yeah. I know he said he wanted to do Kill Team. He wants to yeah, do Kill I know team that there's definitely Matthew's first thing he's going to do is going to be kill team yeah and i'm pretty sure it's scheduled for september right now oh wow yeah so so our summer is so incredibly busy it's hard to do little side projects like that we have obviously a lot of guests are maybe younger people who just finished school or their teachers who have a summer vacation or just a lot of people tend to like to take summer vacations usually and and it's also like we want to give the players enough time to schedule because i I believe it's going to be during the week so, like, we need to give the guests time to book off work or, or, you know, clear their schedules, arrange getting here and all that stuff. Build so. their, yeah, build their kill teams and all that. I got my squash soup here, as Cullen likes to uh, call it. Yeah, it looks like squash soup when yeah. you look at it. I got my squash soup. It's um, orange and chunky. I don't think we're going to be running a kill team campaign anytime soon. Uh, but, I mean, Matt knows more than I would on that. So, again, Matthew is next week. So, if you're not watching this live... Leave a comment down below this video on miniwargame.com, not on YouTube. Those comments will be disabled. And ask him about the Kill Team campaign, if he is doing one. Uh, the next, this is a two-parter. Um, or maybe it's, maybe it's more of a, an expansion of this quest. It would be nice to see a four-player campaign with the Commander's expansion as well. Even if you're using guests as some of the players that keep costs down. Thanks in advance. Kill Team has done way better than I thought it ever would. I played Kill Team in 7th edition and didn't like it because it was literally... 40k light, and I'm thinking to myself, why bother? Why not just play proper 40k? Now, Kill Team, obviously, you can play multiple games in a small period, small period of time. And the rule set is really good, too. I am a huge fan of the Kill Team rule set. I don't really play it that much. In fact, I haven't played it since it first came out. I toyed with Mechrons a little bit. I wasn't a fan of the reanimation protocols, and I kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. I mean, the reanimation protocol rules are fine. Obviously, they, they've done well in events and stuff like that. I just don't think they represent Necrons well enough for my enjoyment. I have a very 
very like specific idea of what a Necron should do, and if it doesn't do that, then it's I, then I, I have it's no interest. Trash. It's trash. No, I liked I liked fifth edition. Like fifth edition and previous, like you laid the model down, that model just laid there for uh, technically until the end of the phase in fifth fifth edition. But when they came out in second edition, they will be back and all that stuff. The the model would just lay there for the entire game, and then it would just randomly stand up from that point. And then you'd have to go try and catch up to a unit <laughs> because the unit would just run away from them. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff I love. Cool. Yeah. Like, 8th edition reanimation protocols is something I really enjoy. It's The models aren't there to represent where they died previously on the battlefield. Technically, I could lay them down, but they just kind of stand up and join the unit, which is okay. I didn't like 7th edition. And anyways, I digress. I'm getting off topic. I'm going to go answer a... Oh, geez, I got a lot of uh, Streamlab questions. Okay, I'm going to try and get through these fast. The first one is by Jaw Adele. Jaw Adele? Oh, let me see here. Boop, 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 just so I can get it down there. What is the flight speed of an unladen swallow? You said anything. You said anything. Tybolt. Tybolt. King of Cats. I think this is a reference to a movie that I seen a while ago, and I can't quite remember. Oh, that's obviously Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, the first part's Holy yeah. Grail. Yeah, I don't know the second part. You what said. Is it Tybolt, King of Cats? Tybolt, King of Cats. It could be Tybolt. It's T Y Bolt. I apologize. I do not remember what the flight speed of the unladen swallow is. Unladen swallow. Mm. Uh, fast. <laughs> Probably. Probably not strong enough to carry a coconut, though. At least, I don't think that was figured out. Anyways. Uh, I don't... You said anything. I don't know what that means. Okay. I'm going to Google what Tybalt King of Cats Yeah, you, you Google that, and then I'll get back to you, Jaadel. I'm awful with names, too, so if that's, I mispronounce your name... That's a thing. What, Tybalt King of Cats? Shares the same, same place of cats. What is it? You say it out loud so I can hear. Thank you, okay. What, what does Mike... <laughs> I like this one. The Darkest Stig. What does Mike do at Mini Wargaming? I keep seeing him in Open Vault videos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't laugh to be mean at Mike, but like a lot of people don't know what Mike does, right? He's our social media guy. Uh, like Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter... And uh, we do have all of that stuff. So if you want to follow the, follow us on those platforms, please do. Uh, <laughs> that'd be great. He also handles the. He used to handle the painting part of the program. He handled the the program where we would um, do videos for like Kickstarter games that were coming out or any smaller war games out there that people want some advertising for. We'll cover their games as well. And he kind of he he manages that whole aspect of the company. Uh, he's the He's a social media guy. <laughs> he talks to the people. Uh, the next question is by Cruel46. Hi, Mr. The Dice and Cullen. On a Necron Annihilation Barge, would you equip a Tesla cannon or a Gauss cannon? I love Gauss cannons. Um, though it would be nice to kind of have all the Tesla, you can kind of like, in some cases, just roll all the dice at once in 8th edition when it came to the Tesla. I, I'm just a big fan of the Gauss cannon. Two shots, or sorry, three shots. Strength 6, AP3, D3 damage. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, oh, I mean, it all depends, right? I guess ultimately you could have the one on the gun on the bottom that's better against no armor, or the better against the armor. The gun on top is good against. Well, I mean, it's also pretty good against armor. Now, Tesla always can spike pretty high and do pretty good. So, actually, I don't know what to tell you. I like Gauss. I am always just a big fan of Gauss in general. Like overall, um, not mechanically so much in Eighth Edition. Like, sure, it's fine. AP one, huge, great. Gauss is actually kind of crap compared to what it used to do. I just like it as a like a narrative cool like Necron through ghost weaponry and ghost uh, technology and like that's really neat. Uh, but what's better? Well, what would I equip? I put the ghost cannon for sure. The next question is by Catfish666. 
Hello, Catfish666. Sorry? You want me to jump in here? Yes, please jump in. Please tell me who Tybalt, King of Cats, is. So, it's a it's a reference to a reference. <laughs> so, it was it's from Romeo and Juliet, when okay. Mercutio called Tybalt Prince of Cats, which is then a reference to Renard the Fox, is a literary cycle of medieval, allegorical Dutch, English, French, and German fables. There you go. So it's Shakespeare referencing some old English fable. I don't know why. That's really obscure, my man. <laughs> my dude. I mean, like, I, I'm a big <laughs> like fan that, of, though. like, Mercutio and Tybalt from Romeo and Juliet, but, like... Wait, how did Catfish get two questions on here so quickly? Oh, know. never mind. I didn't... Never mind. I didn't even answer his first one. Sorry, we got uh, Twitch Prime from... Oh, Finger Spoons. Finger Oh, what? That'd be awful. <laughs> this is Salad Fingers, which is just terrifying. It's and like Norton, Norton uh, uh, Finger Spoons instead of Scissor Hands, Edward. R1 Charforder Richards. Richards, It's, it's, it's Richards. For it's two Richard. months, yeah. Twitch Prime. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you for the support. Again, really appreciate it. We love doing anything we can live stream. The dream one day is to live stream battle reports. Warhammer Fantasy is uh, especially good live streamed because you get that like cool top-down view of all the, the things. The top-down works perfect for fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, we can always do like Kings of War and stuff like that too if you want a more modern game. Uh, then, of course, there's always like board games and stuff like that. That's like the ultimate dream, but that's like down the road somewhere when we actually have time. So this is Catfish666. What were the major pitfalls of managing a Tim Hortons? Oh man, you know what? It's like, it's that job out of high school you know, you, you go in there, you're there a little too long, and you kind of get comfortable. I had, I was, I was honestly, I was planning on leaving Tim Hortons before I got it. I actually had a job lined up before I got the job here at Mini Wargaming, and I was just about to start that job in like a week or two, and then Steve told me, I mean, do what you got to do, but there's, I got some information for you too. I'm like, okay, well, dang it. All right, I'll wait. I'll, I'll wait and see where this goes. Uh, the major pitfalls of that were... I, I, I'm, I can make a guess and say it was dealing with the employees? I, I you know what, I love the kids I work really? with. I, I, so I kind of, I lived in a like well-to-do part of Hamilton, like the part of Hamilton is like up the mountain, in the country, kind of like North Welland where Cullen lives. I do not <laughs> live in North Welland. Cullen lives in North Welland. I do not live in North Welland, everyone. Don't let anyone lie to you. So, uh, it was the, it was like, it, it, the kid, the, oddly enough, it was a good combination of like, like educated kids that were also like down to earth and realistic and they weren't like you know they you didn't end up with like the super inner city or the super like right. preppy or the super so no one thing. no one was really angry no one was angsty everyone was pretty funny and pretty relaxed and okay. uh it was it was perfect uh, like no no disciplinary issues with anyone there was it was a great crew to work with and you got to see the kids like you know do well and when i say kids i think i was like 23 24 and they were yeah, it was about that age. And they were like, you know, 16, whatever. Yeah, between yeah. 15 and 20. Sure. And then, you know, there, there's a lot of people there my age as well who are still trying to figure themselves out. You know, those people who go to, like, I, I, there was this one girl there who graduated college, four years of college, had the diploma, went right back to school, and then graduated that, then went back to school again for, three, like, three different degrees. It's just people just, like, I didn't, didn't want to really do anything with the first one, liked it. I kind of, like, the first one was jumped into high school just because all my friends went, or sorry, jumped into college because all my friends went to college, and then finished that yeah, degree, no. and then it turns out I didn't want to do that, but I wanted to finish it, right, that kind of scenario, and then she didn't, unfortunately, didn't like the second one she did either, so she was working on her third one. 
I mean, we live in a world where one degree doesn't get you much anymore. So right. Having right. the multiple degrees is always nice, but yeah, it does suck when you go through and yeah, like eight, like eight years, like was like ten years in school, and I I wouldn't be surprised if she's still going at it. So, <sighs> but it was just a bunch of great people. The major pitfalls were. Sometimes uh, the owners are unrealistic or they're in a bad mood. They can be awful. Um, the customers, same thing. Like the job, like at the time, I thought the job could be stressful, though I was always like kind of like, I was really good at handling stress. In fact, I enjoyed the chaos of the job very much so. Um, but yeah, it was uh, the major pitfalls were maybe getting a little too comfortable, right? That's the kind of job you should move on from at some point. Uh, the next question here is uh, Schwengel von Wutz. What color is my underwear? Hopefully, yellow and purple. So wait, well, is he asking <laughs> what color your underwear is or his own? No, his own. He was asking me what color his underwear was. Jeez. And I'm hoping it's yellow and purple. First color that came to mind. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll watch out see if he <laughs> informs us. The next question is going to be from another vault member. Ooh, hello. What does it say? Does it say good morning? Oh, oh, no, it's Zergalurgadurg! No! <laughs> it's so long! Zergalurgadurg! Why? Mr. The Dice, good morning, Tara! We are back after a slight... <laughs> we are back after a slight absence, owing to the fact that our maid turned out to be a gene stealer. And we are joined today by the one and only Luca Cats Our People to Mr. McDiceovich! Amazing. This episode of Good Morning Terra is brought to you by the hardworking subhumans over at Astartes Flakes. Everyone knows that there are two important things in this life. Worshipping the God Emperor with all of your being and having a good breakfast. So start your day the Space Marine way with Astartes Flakes. <laughs> no, made from 100% recycled, ionized, irradiated. Oh, irradiated? I know this word, irradiated grain. Thank you. Astartes Flakes will give you the energy and devotion to rival the Emperor's Avenging Sons for your whole day. <clears throat> Whether you're socketing in to navigate your way through the warp or fixing bayonets in order to purge the Xenos, Astartes Flakes will keep you going until the job is done. Remember, with Astartes Flakes, you shall know no fear. From hunger! <laughs> <laughs> it's great to sit down with you today, Luca, and we're all excited to hear your thoughts in this most convoluted and rambling way in the most convoluted and rambling way possible. First off, what are your thoughts on the new contrast paints? Oh my goodness. Will we finally see you completing those backlogged armies with this new system? Oh man, contrast paints. Oh geez. They are so good, guys. I have a necromancer upstairs that I painted. Necromancer man. It's all contrast it's paint. It it's, like, cool. frustrating. It like looks it's so like... cool. It took me 20, 30 minutes to do. I forgot to add it, like, a little extra 10 minutes. Because it's that thing of, like, I can see where I would do more to it yeah. by applying more highlights. But, like, but just, just to. to get it on the table. Yeah, 100%. He's ready to go 35 minutes character done to a degree that I was very happy with. Now, obviously, I could add more highlighting to certain areas because it, it does a highlighting job for you. But a lot of times, people out there want to do, like, that three-step highlight. Right? Yep. Color, color, color. Like lighter, lighter, lighter. Or they're just different colors like greens and yellows and all that stuff. Uh, amazing. I cannot like recommend it more. Because I want to imagine that I fit into the demographic of people out there who love the war game. Love playing the game. And they want painted models. They want them. And they need them. And they'll paint. But they find themselves maybe taking too much time painting. Or they will be burnt out of painting. And then they'll have that project sitting there. 
and you'll just look at it and look at it and you just kind of bum yourself up by looking at it. Now, these things are amazing. I couldn't recommend them more. Um, as for my backlogged armies, um, technically I have a lot of things I should be working on. My space wolves, I think I conceded and I, I sent them off to go get commission painted by someone who has done work for me working with me before. Just because I, I literally, I had an idea in my mind of how they wanted, how I wanted them to look and then this guy did commission work for us and I'm like, these are literally like what I wanted done to my space wolves and then like, but better. Because this guy's clearly better than I am and I'm like, okay, you know what? They've been sitting under my desk for... I haven't touched them probably a month. I'm like, I really should work on these. I got a, a lot of the grunt work done. So I, I did like, here, I've done, I've done all the grunt work. You do the pretty things now. <laughs> yeah. I built them all. I base coated them all. I highlighted them all. I shaded them all. I've already got all the bases done. Now it's just, it's honestly just about picking out all the metals, the fleshes, the gun. I'm like, I just couldn't do it. I had, I actually didn't finish highlighting. That's the step, that's the step I got stuck on. I, I like out of 40 gray slayers, I think I did 18. I'm like, I just, I can't. Because I still had like 10 Death Sworn, I still had like Leviathans, Contemptors, Characters, Terminators, and like, I'm done. I think I'm done here. I tried to take on a whole army in one project, but I just, you know what? I'm too addicted to video games, and I'm too busy doing other things in life as well. I, I find that's always my biggest problem, is just like almost overbuying at once. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, I'll just buy an army at once, and, and I'll, again, I'll get to paint it. But then you look at it, mm -hmm. and just the sheer size of it, yep. even if like, there's always the people who say, oh, just tuck it away under your desk. And you're like, oh, I know it's there. I know it's there, yeah. <laughs> the overwhelming, like, looming over you, like, get me done. Well, because in my mind, I want to assembly, I want assembly line paint the whole thing to get it done as fast as possible, right? Whereas realistically, I'm more the type to get more done if I just choose a unit, finish that unit. Yes, like, right. And that's yeah. that's the thing. You yeah. overcommit at once. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm with the same problem where I'm finally, I put 40 clan rats on my desk, yeah. got them almost done. Didn't have Agrax or Shade. Use that as an excuse for like a month and a half. And they still sit there now? So now I've, I've just recently, even just trying to do, you know, eight a night. Yeah. Because it's because I'm literally just the point where I'm like, got to paint the teeth and the toenails and then the wash. <laughs> yep. So I can, you know, if I do at least like eight a night or whatever, just try to get six, That's eight done. That's not just bad. Just trying to get something on. So like right? five nights, right? Yeah. And that, that's yeah. really reasonable. Eight and night, yeah. I'm trying. I, I have no set goals, but at least having them sitting in front of me, staring at me with their unpainted eyes. <laughs> and these are all circular base, like Age of Sigmar guys? Come, nice. Yeah, unfortunately, they're not. The other sad part is they don't have sand before primer. So I'm painting them with the sand not on the bases. Oh. Which I'm, makes me upset. Yeah, because I have to go back and do that again. Because yeah. I hate, I just don't like painting not primed sand, but. Nah, I understand. What are you going to do about it? Uh, the next one is, secondly, with the only codex on the horizon being the Sisters of Battle, what direction would you like to see Games Workshop move in regards to 40k? Well, I would like to, 40k right now, the storyline had a lot of potential. It's gone stagnant again, which is the, the usual for 40k. Uh, Matthew's frustrated with it as well. He's got his own ideas for that. Um... War campaign books, uh, they're still old, not old codexes, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see them bring out another Demon Prince Primark. I would like to see them do another Loyalist Primark first. And last edition, they had the Demon King of Corn. So if they came up with like Angron, followed by a Corn kind of base codex, it'd be kind of cool. Uh, I wouldn't say World Eaters, because as far as I know, the World Eaters, I mean, I guess Angron could unify the World Eaters, but what does he care? He could just be the spearhead of like major Corn forces overall, which would be the Corn Demon King, if, to be, if I'm being perfectly honest. 
Uh, the world leaders are more like just kind of random mercenary sparse groups. Berserkers just kind of work all wherever they want to go. Maybe there's some scant world leaders left, but uh, obviously there's, there's still unified forces of world leaders out there, but for the most part, the Legion is kind of splintered. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that. I don't know when they do that, but um, if you wanted my next guess, it'd be campaign books. They're probably just going to, at this point, if the Codex isn't done, they're either going to come up with new armies, which they could do very easily, or they're going to come up, well, I guess new armies would be the, the, the corn demon kin, but, or they do campaigns. Uh, campaigns are always fun. They always add expansions to the game and um, good fun stuff like that. What about, uh, do you think that they're going to update all the old codexes, like they did the Chaos one? Yeah, they should do that for the Space Marine one. What I would, what I would expect for Adeptus Astartes, the Space Marine codex, how Chaos Space Marines got Codex 2. Uh, I suspect they haven't done that with Space Marines yet, just because they probably have a few, I'm going to say, chambers of uh, well, Primaris Marines ready to come out. And they don't yeah, want that's what I would say. That Whenever something updates for Space Marines, we'll probably see new Primaris at the yeah. same time, right? That's why, the, that's why the Codex hasn't come out yet, because they're not ready to say, we're, we're, we're done with the Primaris, we're not going to be updating them for a bit. They probably want to release the next couple of ideas of Primaris first, and then say, okay, here's a new book of Space Marines with all the updated FAQs, what you can do, and all the new units added as well. So I would expect something like that. Some obviously new Primaris stuff. 100% expect that. And um, campaigns. <laughs> sorry. Lastly, which of the loyalist? Sorry, which of the loyalist Primarchs is the biggest traitor? Gilliman with his Imperium Secundus, or Lionel Johnson with all his Dark Angel shenanigans? Now, the biggest traitor out of all the loyalists. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so I felt, uh, Lionel Johnson definitely skirts the line a lot. Uh, so does um, the con, because he's not too sure. Yeah, he's obviously resentful at the, uh, near the start of the heresy there. Imperium Secundus was just a means to an end, right? They were trapped in the Ultramar sector. They didn't know. They assumed Terra fell, and the second they found out it did fall, they're like, okay, boop, back to Terra. Got to help him out right away. So... I don't know who the biggest traitor is for them. Probably Lionel Johnson. He's a sketchy. He's more. He's more on the he, sketchy boy. He's very sketchy, right? He's he's very much like I'm going to do this for the Dark Angels. I'm not going to do this for the Emperor. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to do it for them, not the Emperor. But he's like, ah, oh, but the Emperor's goals and the resources kind of lie in tow with what I want to do too. So I'll just kind of ally myself in with them. Now, granted, I don't know the full spectrum of the details of. Uh, the Dark Angels and the Heresy. I know a little bit here and there, but from what I do know, it's like he's got more of a selfish outlook on things for himself and his own legion as opposed to the Imperium as a whole. And lastly, well, the, the little outro. Well, folks, that's it for this week's episodes of Good Morning Terra, this week's episode of Good Morning Terra. We'll be back with you next week. Now, over to Cullen with an uplifting tale of a navigator who opened a third eye, his third eye, and found what we're all looking for. Love. <laughs> Cullen. Yeah, that would be a great story. Okay, next question is from a vault member. Army 17, vault member, silver vault member. Luca, what book are you reading slash listening to currently? I was supposed to do Angel Exterminatus. It was next in line, which is the story of Fulgrim and Perturabo as they go and try and find a massive weapon of device. And I'm, I, know, I'm pre, I already know what happens in that story for the most part. So I kind of skipped it. Because I really wanted to listen to Scars. So I'm currently listening to Scars right now, which is the story of the initial breakout of the heresy. The White Scars are on the, the fringe of the galaxy. Or the known galaxy, I suppose. 
and they are given some misinformation. It was actually kind of a cool twist. I was uh, I didn't know about this. So I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. And there's uh, dealing with with the information they were given during that time of the Heresy. That's that's kind of cool. And it, it takes on the perspective of uh, oh geez, Yosugai is like the the main storm guy. I can't remember his first name. I just listened to it earlier too. Anyways, Khan Yosugai is a main storm seer guy. Um, couple of humans and uh, Bjorn of the Space Wolves are in it as well as uh, there's some Alpha Legion as well all, all that good stuff it's actually really good and that's currently what I'm listening to what I'm gonna listen to after that I usually honestly I never actually plan it out I, I literally finish my book and I go into the app and I'm like okay what are the next few books what have I skipped and then it's, it's so random it's like okay I'll listen to these books I skipped and I'll just go back to that next question I'll do one more vault member then I'll go back to um, what's it called the uh, Streamlabs Big Bang A1, Vault Member Silver. Hello, Luca. I am getting into the Horus Heresy and have picked the Imperial Militia to be my army. I will take the survivors of a dark age. Plus one armor save. And human and human helots? Plus one toughness and minus one initiative. Maybe zealots? Helots? Helots. Yeah. My question is, I am bringing a squad of Ogren. And I want to know how you think they will do. Once all the provinces are taken into account, they will be toughness six with a three plus save. And they will get 30 strength six power attacks on the charge. Now, granted, that's obviously very good. 30 strength 6 power attacks on the charge with this big squad of Ogren. Now, I don't know how much heresy you played. I'm getting to the horse here. I don't know how much 7th edition you played. Uh, so, a lot of people like to run, like, Medusas or, like, big, big instant kill things. Like, a lot of Primarchs have access, access to instant death, too. So, if that squad charges a Primarch, they'd probably get... Uh, it depends on the Primarch. They might not get a lot done against the Primarch. And some Primarchs have instant death or at least strength 10 against them. Uh, if that squad doesn't have any good access to cover, or if they're getting shot by a barrage like Medusa's, instant death. Dead. And that's just a super expensive unit gone. In my opinion, I don't think the Ogren are super good. Uh, they could be, though. They, like, obviously, 30 strength 6 attacks will cut through, uh, absolutely annihilate Terminators. They'll anni annihilate um, Space Marines. They will uh, instant kill any toughness 3 things out there. So they'll instant kill lesser demons and demons of the Ruinstorm on turn 5, 6, and 7. But uh, it'd be cool. It would be very cool. 3-up armor save is great, but there's a lot of things that are AP3, especially strength. anything that's strength 10 is going to be AP2 or 1. So that armor save won't matter all that much. So your best bet is to try and give them cover as much as you can, and if it's barrage, they're probably dead. <laughs> but it is what it is. Like a Typhon, that's like a, it's like a big 7-inch blast temple at a strength 10 AP1. You put it over your unit, direct hit, they're all dead. That's just like, if there's 10 of them, boom, 10 dice, 2-ups, take them off the table. Like it's very deadly. So it's a lot of eggs in one basket. Well, it depends on how many points it is. If that's 25% of your army, that's a lot of eggs in one basket. If it's not, eh, then who cares? Do what, do what you want. I'm a big fan of never make something in your army, 25% of your army, if it's very easy to kill. Okay, I promised Streamlabs, so I will go to Streamlabs. Oh, geez. It's blue. SpongeBob reference. Ah, yes. That was uh, someone else, sorry. All right. What was, what was that in reference of? I saw that, but... Uh, what, was Swingle of Unhulvuls? It's uh, his, uh, it was the underwear question. It was a Spongebob What color is your underwear? And then I said purple, blue, uh, purple, yellow, and then he said it's blue, but it was a Spongebob reference. Is it a Spongebob reference? It might be, I don't know. It might be. I haven't seen Spongebob for a while. I, I used think, to watch a buttload of it. Yo, so. it's aired for, it, it was recently canceled, and it aired for so long. I it forgot it came out. so long. I forgot it came out in 99. Skulls that DM. Skulls that DM. Luca, is your shirt saying kitten kernel? Caddy Corner. 
No, it's just uh, it's just little kitties riding corns on the cobs and popcorns. Just happy cats. It's just it's just literally photoshopped images of cats laying on ledges, but they just swapped out the ledges with corn. <laughs> Have you found like the pictures of the cats? I oh, assume that. so, just because of the position they're in. Okay, it, it's gotta be. Uh, <laughs> next question is W Chef nineteen sixty nine. Do we really need to know? Do we really need to know what chef? Continue your question, and I'll get to it. <laughs> Sir Redbeard, Warcry thoughts. See it in the bunker. We see it in the bunker, most likely. Have I seen much about it? No. Am I interested? Yes. It's uh, Age of Sigmar kill team, as far as I know, but with specific. Oh, right. But, but it's like specific kill teams too, because you have Games Workshop. I said they want to use Warcry as a way to show the people of Age of Sigmar in a different light, right? Like not all chaos is blood warriors and blood secretors. Here are your oh, kind of golem guys who... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I it, remember seeing that yeah. stuff from Adepticon now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like here's a whole culture of people that technically worship chaos, but they're, you know, they're not blood mad and crazy or obsessed with excess. It's just like, that, that's a really cool idea. And yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Warcry here in the bunker. Yeah, almost like, uh, kind of like the Necromunda gangs, right? Where... It's, it's a, just a different way to show off right. people. Like, here's a different outlook on what Warhammer 40k has to offer, and yeah, here's, well, like, like a low-power kind of, of, of... Yeah, like, how the Imperium or, you know, planets function outside of just the military side, right? Exactly. Here we have Zergalurgadurg. I get to answer another question from you. <laughs> that was a really it's long one. It's your boy. I, I appreciate it. It's your boy, Zergalurgadurg. Hey, Luca, who would win in a fight? A Maw Crusher versus a Carnifex. That Maw Crusher is so big, it's got to be the Maw Crusher. So if you ever, they call, I think they call it a Maw Crusher because if you look at any art with it actually moving around, sure it flies, and I, I think it flies in the way that the Hulk flies, where it just kind of jumps really far because it's so strong. Okay. So more of like a glide kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's more of a, it jumps and it glides, and but any image of it has its face, like its arms behind it, and its face like going right into the ground. So he literally just dies in the ground face first and crushes like any with his maw, right? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I think that's how it works. I would say a maw crusher because it is so much bigger and it can fly. Also looks like a cabbage. Yes, the giant cabbage. Very swole. It's got thumbs. I was just trying to think of like what a carnifex could be, but it doesn't look like anything really. It's just, it's like, eh. Yeah, like. Now, I would like to imagine that the maw crusher is like a big bully in school, so no matter what it fights, it gets him in, it gets him in the arm lock and starts giving him nuggies. Like, nerd. <laughs> and a carnifex is kind of thick and weird and ball shaped, so it'd be a little hard. I always picture the star drake that the Stormcast Eternals have, a maw crusher versus a star drake. The maw crusher, the maw crusher wrestles it and gets it, gets its stupid little dragon head in a headlock and starts beating its face in. <laughs> My imagination. Next question we have Melissa Lovers. Wanna get some Tim Horton right now? <laughs> Wanna get some Tim Hortons right now? I can't right now, I have a guest, but I could always go for some Tim Hortons. My weakness? What is your default Tim Hortons order, Luca? Timbit. Or ice cap. But like made in a very specific way. Oh, oh, you yeah. you have the I work there, so like, yeah. yeah. Can I, you make? But they never really make it the way I ask. Anyway, so what's the point? What What do you <laughs> ask for? Um, I like chocolate milk, but I like the mixture. To I like it like extra chocolate milk, so the mixture is more. Um, the problem with milk in that thing is, 
it's, 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 it's a slush mixture. So if you drink it too quickly from the bottom, you kind of just drink all the liquids and you're left with like the crappy little like icy oh, okay. slush. Okay, so you put less slush and more liquid? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but there's like a good measurement, so it's not too much, not too little. And anyways, it never works out well until unless I work there. And you just, when you, when you just want to look at them and be like, can I go behind the counter and yeah. make what I want? Yeah, okay, I just go make it myself. And there's <laughs> also, uh, I like certain hot drinks mixtures too, like coffee and English toffee and stuff like that. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, the next one, oh geez, there's so many of these guys. <laughs> Nialf, I got. I got to imagine it's Nialf. N J A W L F, or maybe it's Flodgen if you say it backwards. Flodgen. <laughs> Flodgen. One thing I have not seen much of is conversion videos. Is there a reason for that, or am I the only one who cares? Videos on how to convert. The only one here who is good at converting, and I shouldn't say interested in because I don't. I still have the imagination for it. Nor do I have the like the access to like. Sure, we have a bunch of models here from my own personal stuff. I don't have access to a lot of models. Uh, and there's a like, conversion is such a huge part of the hobby. Obviously, it's Lee. He has got such a plethora of things. Actually, that's not true. I converted a lot of my space wolves. A lot of my space wolves are converted. So oh, yeah. you, you'll get to see them. My Leviathans are all kitted out. In, well, they're actual Leviathan bodies, but they're like kitted out head to toe in like random space wolf stuff. Okay. So their shoulders walk around with these giant uh, saga banners on them. They have like storm shields on their shoulders. They have a bunch of like random little runes and things all over them. Cool. Uh, and then the the death sworn or converted before the like I literally finished building them all and then Forge World released. Here are the new death sworn models we just released. Awesome. They looked really Thanks. cool too. So that's what I'm mostly disappointed about. Anyways, uh, I don't know. I don't like, just Lee doesn't like to make videos all that much. It, it, it's that thing of like, how much conversion do you want? Right. Right. Like. You just gluing stuff on a Leviathan versus like taking right. two kits and sawing things. Right. Like, like that's two different levels of conversion. Yes. So like Lee's level of conversion is insane. Like he's like, oh, let me go make this model out of these like 18 different kits. But I, as long as I cut perfectly right here, cut yeah. perfectly right oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll just sculpt it with green stuff and yeah. blah. And you're like, Mer. Like what? And then like a little bit of plastic art here, a little bit of plastic tubing here, and boom, done. Like I'm playing with his Sanguinius right now. Which is, he's got a converted spear of Telesto on it, and it's, it's literally just like a plastic tube and a Kurnoth Hunter spear, and I'm like, that looks awesome. Right. Or it's a Kurnoth Hunter sword, but but it's got, the sword is like a really long blade, plastic blade, so it looks like the spear, it's like perfect scale, because the spear's got this beautiful, long, intricate mm -hmm. blade on it. I'm like, wow, that's a good idea. Like, where does he get these ideas from? I don't know why there's not more conversion uh, videos. It's mostly just because... I guess it would be like, the one thing to think about is like, we've scaled back on the painting videos in general. Yeah. And, and just been focusing more on other stuff. And Chris has been working on the Painting Academy. Yep. So just in general, there's been less painting videos. Yeah, less, less of hobby-related videos. Thing. That's true. So, and that's just a nature of the business and what makes money, I think, yep. more than anything else as well. Unfortunately true there. Uh, Chris has got his big project he's working on right now, though. And I, I, just, I think Lee likes to just keep his... Uh, like, he likes to show off his, like, conversion work, right? But I don't think he likes to be on camera all that much. Depends on his mood. No, and, and yeah. there's someone commenting here about doing, like, a live stream conversion. And, like... Or it, sometimes it is, it's not done in a day. And that's the thing. Like, yeah. there's... It's, there's, it, like, he, he, the project will sit stream. on his desk. <laughs> yeah. For, like, hours. Do you want to see a live stream of green stuff drying? There's that. <laughs> or, like, he'll, he'll finish... Like, he'll, he'll have a project half done. Like, he doesn't imagine everything right away. He'll, he'll imagine the first few steps, and then he'll just sit on his desk for a while as he thinks on it. 
and then he'll go home and he'll come back the next day he's like, oh, I thought of something. And then exactly. he'll add that thing, right? It's yep. very much a long process for him. He, he, he does it maybe in a different way other people do. He figures out, like, say there's 20 steps, he'll figure out the first five steps and then figure out the next 15 many, many, many hours later. Or maybe he has them all figured out right away. But I, I, as far as I know, I've definitely seen him work towards something, get to a step that he's like, I'm not too sure how to do this yet. I'll figure this out tomorrow. And right. Then, and, yeah, and, stuff and like then that. either just, yeah, just start trying things and failing and then trying something else. And yep. like, that's the big nature of it. And it's, I think it's, yeah, it's a big involved process. And I don't, I'm not quite sure how you would make that a polished product at the end of the day without a buttload of editing. I was going to say just a very heavily edited and, and, and a buttload of time to go into everything else. No. Yeah, it's just a bunch of editing. That's pretty much what it would be. Yeah, um, it, it's that that one is a big like resources verse. Yeah, it would literally be a camera like over Lee's shoulder as he's working on stuff. Then he'd have to be explaining everything, and then the many hours of footage would go into Cullen's hands where he'd have to edit it all. <laughs> wee wee. This next question is by Dylan Dylan Bauer one hundred and one. What's your opinion on the new contrast paints? I already went over this a little bit. I am all for them. Couldn't recommend them more. They make painting so easy. You could do. Well, obviously, Blood Letters, Plague Bearers, any of the demons are a really good example for how quick and easy you can do them. Space Marines are super easy, too. Anything that has very clear points of color, I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, my Necromancer, say he's got he's got a two-piece robe. He's got the underpiece robe, so he's got a three-piece robe. He's got, like, leather on the chest, an underpiece robe, and, a, like, a little cloth over top of his robe. That's, like, three different colors you use. You just do one layer on each thing, and you're done. And then if you want it to be a little bit darker, you do another layer, and then... I can literally call the model done because it looks awesome. And flesh is so easy. I highly recommend the flesh if you don't like to do flesh. It's called, uh, this is called like Gilliman Flesh Tone. You can, it's like your, it's Cadian Flesh mixed with Agrax Earthshade, I'm pretty sure. It, it's like, that's what the mixture is. And if you want it lighter, you can add some medium. If you want it darker, you can just do two layers of it. And there's also darker flesh tones too, so you can just use one of those. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing for flesh. It's got some of my favorite browns and the black. Is if, if you like to do black highlighting with like a Minostorm gray or like Eschen gray or anything like a lighter, like a near gray white, then use the, the, um, the black Templar black is perfect over a white primed model because it does all the light highlighting for you because the white shows perfectly on all the high points on the model. So I couldn't recommend that anymore. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, no, uh, I guess the video of me testing it just went out today. Hmm. So that was, that was just my one test on a rat ogre and like, the next thing I know I want to try doing is um, I actually ordered from Dan the Displacer Beast for D and D because oh, nice. it's my favorite yeah D and D monster and I'm excited just to just see what I can do with the black contrast yeah. on that oh it's so good and I just I I'm, I want to see what that's going to be like no yeah. and so that'll be that'll be a nice test of the black and I know that Steve did it on a Space Marine but yeah. I want to see it on like uh, a more organic creature yeah. And like uh, the tip is, yet the, the the one thing with contrast paints though is, if you have a good mind at imagining what a model looks like fully painted after applying all the paints and colors, the they're one. perfect for you because the primer you use underneath is everything. If you want black highlights or darker highlights, you use a darker primer underneath because uh, that's what's going to show up after you contrast paint. I used white primer, so a lot of light, a lot, a lot of lighter highlights, darker highlights. You need obviously a darker primer underneath, so that takes a little bit of knowledge there. Yeah, and, and then that, like, because there's always that level of, um, I find, like, looking at it and, 
trying to picture what areas are going to be what color before you even begin because hmm. then you want to start thinking I want to put all my light colors down and work towards the darkest yeah so that like pre-planning of this is going this cloak is going to be this color and then if this is trimmed I want that to be the red and exactly Exactly. And you have to be very careful with the contrast paints too, because they are so watery, they can very easily bleed onto a, a step you've already done. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to cover it up. You'd literally have to go over with your base coat primer again. Not spray, but like a color similar to it. So I used a white primer. They have the, at the least white. the two new um, white primers too. They, yeah. they release the base coats that go with them. Yeah. So you, you have to kind of cover that up because they're too, they're, too, they're too light to cover up any mistakes you might, you might make. So if you have a steady hand, you're fine. But if you don't, maybe do the smaller details with normal paints. Yeah, yeah. Um, like if you want to do like the skin tone, just do the whole thing, the skin tone. Yeah. And then paint out the rest of it or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Because uh, lo looking back on it, the rat ogre I did, I think I would have done that. It's just done the whole thing, the flesh color. Yeah. Instead of trying to do the flesh color and then do the fur as well. Right. And I would just do the fur like I normally would. Just go back over the contrast then with with more and fang brown and yep. do it my way there's going to be a million different ways to go about the contrast paints i wouldn't be surprised if it's like the new big thing that everyone kind of takes part in and it's definitely not for lazy painting it, it's it's amazing mm -hmm. i i love it next question is by finger spoons i'm looking to play ever chosen is a battle line of blade of corn with varengard and archaeon a good combo now archaeon's pretty good I don't know a lot about the Ever Chosen. I apologize, so I can't help too much with this. Uh, I'm a big fan of Reavers. They're good, cheap battle lines. They're fast. They're very fast. They move seven, uh, six inches, and whenever they run, they get to add plus one to the run if they have a musician. Now, Archeon. My favorite thing with Archeon is that he fits into any of the main Chaos Allegiances. So you can play him in Magnetan and Nurgle. You can play him in, because he has all four Chaos keywords. You can play him in the New Heat Knights of Slanesh. You can play him in Blades of Corn, and you can play him in Disciples of Zinch. And he, he just honestly meshes in so well with all of them. Corn, you can give him extra attacks with Wrathmongers, and you can give him extra attacks with the, the, the Blood Secretor banner. You can, he can benefit from the chart. You can, uh, all the prayers work on him too. He's, he's really, 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 really good in Corn. Uh, Magikin and Nurgle. You can give him a Feel No Pain, which is huge, through the Harbinger of Decay. You, I, I can't immediately think of other things you can do other than spells. Um, bum, 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 because I haven't played Magikin in a while. The next one would be Heed Knights of Slanesh. I haven't, I'm not too sure what they can do right away, but I'm almost certain he'd work in there very well. And Zinch, I know he works really well because they get the, the nine dice of, um, the Destiny dice. They get nine dice, and you get to swap those dice out for anything. He's got the Slayer of Kings, his one sword. I believe it's either, it's probably wound rolls. If you roll two separate wound rolls of sixes, it's four attacks. He, like, hits on twos, wounds on, like, twos. But if you roll unmodified sixes to wound, whatever you're attacking, automatically slain. No save rolls, no nothing. Kills in the gash in one hit, kills Marathi in one hit, stuff like that. So if you have two sixes in your destiny pool, you go charge the biggest, scariest thing they do, they have, you attack with him first, you roll the hit, as long as you get two hits, that's dead. Works really well with Zeech, there's obviously spells and everything that work in conjunction with him too. I unfortunately don't know a lot about the Ever Chosen, but I know Archeon's pretty good. Is he worth his points? Ah, he's probably maybe worth his points. Maybe he's a little too pricey. You have to definitely run him in a very efficient way to make him worth his points. Uh, this one is by Ja Adele. What version of it's Warhammer? J A Waddell. Just so you know. Okay, wait. Oh, J A Waddell. Okay, so yeah. like J A first name, last name Waddell. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. J A Waddell. Sorry, I'm bad at this. What version of Warhammer Fantasy is your favorite? 
No weird reference this time. <laughs> That's fine. You can always do a weird reference if you want. That's a tough question. Can I say a modified 8th edition and modified 6th edition? Can I say that? Is that how you're modifying it? Like, uh, so 6th edition is a very cool, solid rule set, though it's missing some of the quality of life changes that came with 8th edition. I see. So you, you, you want the blend, the... Yes. the the unit size and like the the style of attacking. Yep. Unit strength, unit size, style of attacking from the front. I loved it. Exactly. Losing models from the front was so cool. And the spells were much more tame. And the way they cast spells were more tame as well. It wasn't mm -hmm. bonkers. I have my level 4 wizard. You have your level 4 wizard. Bleh. I want to say 6th edition is probably my favorite edition. But make it so you can combat reform. And make it so... Because you couldn't combat reform in 6th edition. That was so poo. So if you get flanked, you're done. Could you, <laughs> could you move backwards? You, yeah, you could. You could, but it would take. Um, you so, would, was the, so was the reform. That it, it, it was. It was. It was. They didn't have reforming back then. They didn't yeah. have swift reforming. They would have a thing. If you, you would have to take all your models off the tray and flip them 180 degrees, and that would that would take up 50% of your movement, and then you could, or as 25% of your movement, something like that, and then you could move backwards, and then you move 25% more of your movement, and then you take all your models off your tray again, and then face them forward. Yes. So it was pretty much saying if you want to move backwards, it costs half your movement. Right, right, that's what it was. Yep. But they, they explained it in such an oddly mechanical way, that was such a waste of time, 8th edition just doesn't matter. If a unit moves backwards, it can only move up to half its movement characteristic. And like sideways was the same, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, because, oh yeah, if you ever turn, if you ever take your models off the tray and turn them in any position, it takes 25% of your, or they lose 25% of their movement. And then if you want to face them back, it takes another 25%, that's right. So you, they can only move 50% sideways or backwards, or if you wanted to reform, it'll, they could go 75% of their movement still. If that makes any sense. Because you can still turn one yeah, facing yeah. and then move. Still, well, couldn't yeah. you? Yes, yeah. Yeah. And then, I could be wrong though, but I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. So they didn't have combat reforming. So if you got caught in the flank, that sucked. They didn't have, um, the magic was way better. Fear was super powerful. So maybe fear could be toned down. But I liked it because I played death. So I didn't mind all that much. Guess ranging cannons. Yeah, guess ranging uh, was huge. And I, I, I didn't like that the closing the door after charging wasn't free. Oh yeah. That kind of sucked. Yeah, that w I would make that free. So you, you have to roll your charge distance, you weren't able to guess it, you'd ha you, you weren't able to pre-measure, so you'd have to guess it, and you'd have to like measure, you just double your movement. So you'd measure in, and then you'd also have to take the measurement of closing the door, and if you couldn't do that, it was a failed charge. And I'm like, that's ah, kind of rough. So I, I, I think I'd, I'd make that closing the door free, and I would make it so you could combat reform on a, just the, the normal 8th edition rule for it. Because then I think that's a really good addition right there. Uh, because Even just like, talking about it makes me smile. Right? It's like closing the door. Oh. What, a, what a random like phrasing. But it just makes sense when you know. The next question is the darkest dig. Now I'd change things about 8th. 8th edition was fine. I would change a lot about it though. I'd bring back unit strength. I'd nerf cannons. I would nerf a lot of the magic. I, I would have to do more to 8th edition to make it something that I loved as opposed to less to do with 6th edition to make it something I love. Now, granted, I love both editions, except 8th edition needs a little bit more work to tone it down, because I think it got a little too crazy. Yeah, between the, the sizes of units, the yep. power of the magic. Right, and, and Steadfast then, was bad, too. Instead, yeah, yeah, how was bad too. lame cavalry was. like Monsters were useless. Mm -hmm. yeah. Infantry so. was everything. Big bricks of 40-plus guys was everything. Yeah, and, and that a lot of that comes down to unit strength, right? Yeah, then once you bring back unit strength, and all of a sudden, monsters of cavalry can be useful again. The Darkest Stig. What are your thoughts on Primaris Marines in the Space Wolf Army? Which non-Primaris units would you take over Primaris units? Okay, so this is a two-parter here. 
Uh, the first part, not a fan of it, uh, narratively, because it's kind of one of those, here's, uh, here's um, Gilliman's telling whomever, Logan Grimnar, wh whoever he's talking to, these are Primaris Marines, these are veterans. Or, I guess you could technically already have your veterans take the Primaris Project and become more veterans. But I, 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 I like Primaris Marines, they're okay. I like how they look. I just rather wish, I know Games Workshop wants to make money, it makes sense. But I would have rather they just, they just given the basic tactical marine all the primary marine rules. Give them all two wounds. Give them two attacks each. Give them... That's actually pretty much it. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of that, I think, Yeah. as much as it comes down to lore, it comes down to how do we sell new models. Yes, new models, right? Uh, I, 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 you'll probably almost always see me play exclusively old marines and space wolves, especially with my 30k army. It's just It's going to be a lot of gray hunters, a lot of blood claws. It's going to be uh, Wolfen. I don't actually have any Thunderwolf Cavalry and Dreadnoughts. It's going to be infantry on the ground in, in vehicles and Dreadnoughts. That's pretty much how you're going to see me do it. What would you take over Primaris units? Uh, Wolfen are obviously really good if you can make them work. Um, they can tear most anything up if they can get there. A lot of times they can, so they're really good. Long Fangs are amazing. I would definitely take Long Fangs over Primaris stuff. Um, ba bum 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 Maybe just that though, like Wolfen and Longfangs, but that's like the things that like Space Wolves are known for, other than Blood Claws and things like that. <laughs> Besides all the rest of the but everything. I was, I was say, like, both, like, except for everything. I just love the idea that, I don't know, can, can Primaris Marines take Wolfguard? I don't think there's no, there's no Primaris Wolfguard. I love the idea that you can just throw Wolfguard into units, like throw veterans into units to kind of wash their backs and stuff like that. That's why, that's why I exclusively use the old Marines. Plus, we got some nice, pretty ones, too. We have a ton of primary space wolves, but I, I never really use them. Before you get to the next one, yes. we've got two new subs. Oh! Well, two returning subs. We've got Dog God 100. Dog God! <laughs> or, it, I mean, it could be Doggo D100. But, Doggo, nah, I like Dog God. I know. No. For seven months, he sends seven Dancing Matthews. Oh, wow. And we have Dow underscore Origin four months in a row. Thank you so much, friends. Dow Origin. Thank you, friends. Thank you for the support. Many appreciate. Now, this next question is going to be... I'm actually going to close this because I, I, I started a little bit late, so I'm going to go a little bit late. I'll go to about, well, for another 17 minutes. So, I, you know what? I'll, oh, sorry, I'm going to open it again. And I'm going to give you three more minutes to add a question if you haven't already, and then I'll try and get through all of them really quick. And uh, this next question is going to be by Nos the Prince. Are you excited about Warcry? If so, which faction are you most interested in? I guess I won't lie. I'm not super excited for Warcry. I don't really know a whole lot about it. I know things about it. Uh, will it be played here? Yes, probably. Will I play it? Probably. But I'll wait till it's like fully out there, fully in my face, until I know more about it to give a proper opinion on it. Uh, I don't know much about the factions. I think I only can think of two off the top of my head. And they seem cool, but that's all I really know. Uh, next. Schwengel von Wutz. Blue underwear Spongebob reference. <laughs> Catfish666. Would you rather be an assistant to the regional manager for Tim Hortons or Jello wrestle with Cullen and Josh in a triple threat match? I would much rather Jello wrestle with Cullen and Josh in a triple threat match. That sounds awful. <laughs> I don't know who's doing that. Poor Cullen being in the corner. No, guy. Try just eat the jello instead. Mm, let's just eat the jello. I love jello. Um, <laughs> um, um. Josh is pretty hairy too, so that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Next question is Fail Goblin. 
I missed the first Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Do I need to watch it before watching the current one? I don't believe so. This is kind of one of those, you'd understand more if you did. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. Now... Colin's in it, I'm not. Yeah, so that... There's only one character that actually transfers over. The setting is... Like the, the basis of the world and everything is all set in the same place. So you'll get a much better understanding of one of the characters. Well, one and a half of the characters, I'll say. Yep. Uh, the, the setting, the general layout of Harrenburg and Alarath is the, the realm, continent, thing, group of yeah. landmass. Um, so it can, it, it'll help, but you definitely don't need it. It's not a requirement. And like even if you wanted to watch the first, the second one, and then go back to watch the first one, there would be hopefully little to no spoilers in there. So yeah, you should be good to go. Yeah, I think that the idea is it's like five years later, the story is advanced. It's just a continuation of the story of the the world that Matt's currently writing up. Yep. Next question. Oops. Why you keep opening and closing? I hit the wrong button. Leave me alone. Uh. Okay, yeah, some, someone squeaked the question in, so I think we're good. Art, did you mean to close it? I did. Okay, so I, I was going to close it around 301, yeah. Okay. So, Neo Snugin, what does WYSIWYG stand for? Heard that quite often in your battle reports. Okay, so WYSIWYG stands for W-Y-I-S-G, I think that's pretty much it, WYSIWYG, yeah. Or W-Y-I-S-I-G. Yeah, it, it stands for what you see is what you get. So that means... Um, let me type that out here, actually, so I can say it properly. Well, I can't type it. Uh, whatever. Anyways, it stands for what you see is what you get. So that means I have a space marine who is equipped with a plasma pistol and a power fist. What I see is what I get. So you as the viewer see a plasma pistol power fist. That's what he's equipped with. So if I ever say this model is WYSIWYG, that means he is equipped with what you see. That's very. That's my, by the way, favorite way to play the game. I am not a huge fan of, we'll say, Mark of Daving things. Like, I'll do it every now and then. If it's Which, like, okay, so if this guy is asking what WYSIWYG is, he probably doesn't also understand what Mark of Dave is. Oh, that's true. So, so the Mark of Dave is the exact opposite of WYSIWYG, where it's like... See that axe? That's a gun. That's a gun. <laughs> all these guys with axes and swords running up to you, they actually all have guns. And like, there was, there was one game where Dave had three... It was, this is a long time ago. This is years ago. I think Dave had two or three Predators and one Rhino. And... Because of the colors of the vehicles, they were all mixed and matched, and he wanted all the Predators to be one color, and he wanted the, the one Rhino to be something else. He, so of the three Predators and one Rhino, he said, the one Rhino is a Predator, with this loadout, didn't have any of the guns, obviously, and the one Predator that didn't match the other two was the Rhino. Nice. <laughs> nice. Of course. <laughs> I'm like, that's so brutal, man. Yeah, that's, um, and, and again, the reason it's called Mark of Daving is obviously... Dave is the but, biggest person of not playing. And, and, and back when they started too, right? Like you got to remember that when Mini Wargaming started, the the massive collection of miniatures we now have yeah. was so much smaller. Yeah. So that's why the market day was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because back then he'd have a squad of Havocs with like like four or five different guns, but he's like, I don't want to have to shoot all these different guns. Because it's just collections he'd buy, right? It's like, these all have last cannons. So Mark and Dave, they're all last cannons. Mark and Dave, they're all missile launchers, whatever. Just to keep it clean and concise. Now, sometimes it got a little ridiculous. Like the Rhino Predator thing. but Because he just wanted the colors to match up. But things like... That's what a Mark and Dave is. If it doesn't have a weapon you want, you want it to have the other weapon, Mark and Dave. But that's just called not WYSIWYG. It's just like, this is a, a proxy. 
Yeah, proxy, proxy proxy is the the proper or the more universal because you see that in other games as well, like yeah. Magic the Gathering and stuff like that. Uh, the next question is uh, Jpool one seventy nine. Hi, Luca. First, I have to admit you are pretty much my favorite content producer. Why, thank you. Pretty much, though. Pre yeah, that's true. You only said pretty much. Though. There's a competition there. I'm missing you in the new D&D campaign. Even without you, it's been great so far. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm kind of sad, too. I love playing D&D, but the problem is I always like to play the same character, and if not that, like, there's only one other character I actually enjoy playing. I tried to play that sorcerer a little bit. Like, I tried. I'm like, I just I can't get there. I play two things. I play Barbarian, who only knows that he is the best and no one is better. And I play the Necromancer, mm. who's like your like atypical, like just like bad ditter. <laughs> He's the crying boy that everyone hates. You you would much rather be the uh, the the end boss that they walk yes. up to your thing and you're yeah. like rise, and then zombie like yeah. thirty zombies come from the ground and yeah. you know exactly. Um, I guess everyone gets a turn, and it's not so bad. It's kind of like, I, I played Wrath and Glory, and Steve didn't. So Steve and I are literally swapping out, because we have to have content producers here to play with guests as well. And it wouldn't be fair if I got to play in everything, and Steve had to sit out. So it's literally a rotation. Uh, speaking of that show, my question may be more of a pass-along, or maybe Cullen can add a thought. But Matt has always said nothing would be left out for Vault members. So is there any way that the pre- and post-game, possibly the mid-game chat for the live show, to be posted? I commented on the last one. No spoiler, but I... Really would have liked to have heard that the post game, considering how it ends. Not sure if I could get up. If it could go up separate, or maybe it is, and I missed it. Either way, thanks for making the great content for us all to enjoy. So he wants all of the content of the so, life, not just the, not just. Someone's the asked this before, and it like, be I mean, maybe it was you, um, but I mean, me personally, I don't really see the 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 reason for it because that is like it's an extra as long as long as almost an hour probably it, it, it's it's pretty much extra hour uh, of of because yeah. then there's like so yeah it, yeah you can have the pre and the post but then do you want the middle too how do i edit that do i put <laughs> black spaces in the middle of it yeah. or are you supposed to watch it and then go and watch it because i i personally watch a, a D, D show that when they post it on youtube they don't cut out their break and their break is literally just like a title card. So it's like 15, 12 minutes, 12 minutes. Oh, of just like skip, skip, skip. Of, skip. Yeah, and then so you just scroll down to the comment section and find the one person who timestamped when it goes back to it. So like I, I really don't want that. Right. So the, the it, it, it's hard because some people just want the show. Yeah. They, they're just here to watch the show. They don't want to hear about our lives. They want to cut that part out. Yeah. And so like if... Oh, it depends on how many people it, it, want this, right? That, like, if it's not worth it, it's not worth that, it. Yeah, that, that stuff is on Twitch, and I like I really don't want to say. Oh, do we have the full Twitch videos, like on Twitch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, Twitch, they're, they're yeah. on Twitch vods now, uh, because we're not partners. Our vods only last for like sixty days, seven, and then they get deleted. And then they get deleted, okay. so they don't say permanently. So that's the other thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I don't have a. So if you want the full experience, I'd, I'd recommend going to twitch.com slash miniwargaming and watch all our VODs there. Again, you have to subscribe to actually watch the Oh, VODs. that's right. At the sub that's, yeah, that's the that's thing, true. right? I, mm. I, I, I don't know the correct... I don't, I don't have a good solution for this problem. I know <laughs> it is a problem, but 
I, I feel like that this just then opens up of, oh, I don't, why didn't you cut all this crap out? All I want to watch is the show. You know, so I think like, either yeah. way, someone's going to be. Yeah. So, Jay Poole, we don't have a good answer for you, or at least Cullen doesn't. I wouldn't know what to if, say. If you have a suggestion, you can email me at Cullen at MiniWarGaming.com. And or cause an uproar and force or it cause to happen. Or cause an uproar. And force it to happen. I got a couple more questions from Vault members that are quick. This one's actually not for me, but it's uh, Vault member Steve, why do you dislike Cool Mini or not? Actually, I actually know why he doesn't like it. I don't know if I should. It's not a bad thing. He just he doesn't like that they drop the games he likes and makes new ones. He wants them to also continue to support for the games that he really liked. He really liked Dark Age, and they stopped supporting it. So that was kind of like a a straw, the last straw, the straw on the camel's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it was the um, their Kickstarter game, support the game, make new models for yep. like two years, and and Steve really doesn't like to play games that are not supported by the companies. Yeah. So like that's that that's a big one yeah. from him that like if they're not gonna make me new models I'm not gonna play your game because yeah. if you're not gonna put the effort in why would I? So they're very yeah they're very much start a new game, kind of round it out, get to a point where they're happy with it, and then start the new project. Yep, and then kickstart a new game exactly. Which I mean it's good to get models out there and, and yep. all of that, but yep. and they can always have cool new ideas too. So like they yeah. they recently came out with the song of Ice and Fire. Uh, the next question here is by Red and Oak Red and Oak maybe. Luca, when can we expect watching to watch Dave finally submit to the greater good? Well, Cullen and Dave just recorded a game. I don't know when that's going up. I don't know either, but but they Dave played a good and proper game of Tau against Cullen. So I think is is it common knowledge how the list building went? Uh I I mean, I know some of the stuff got posted to Instagram and I mentioned in the open vault. So I think yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll say that I built the list for Dave. And Dave built the list for Cullen. <laughs> yeah. So Watch that game, folks. It's, it's a game. Um, I enjoyed myself. That's good. That's good. Now, did Dave enjoy himself? I'm curious. Uh, you'll find out. You'll find out. Space Commando 99. Luca, what do you think is the army tier list? Oh, man. What, are, what armies are the best right now? Which are the worst? Which are in the comfortable mid-tier. I, I don't really have the time to do this whole tier list because I'm trying to like, I want to get everyone's questions done, but like, okay. Uh, for 40k, I'm just going to do 40k. I'm going to keep it at that because uh, I don't know if you said 40k or AOS. I'm going to assume it's 40k because that's usually a little, a little more popular. Now, uh, top of the list is going to be things like, oh, currently right now people are loving chaos. It's the Supreme Command Attachment of Thousand Suns followed by, or maybe just generic. Thousand Suns are like kind of like in the light right now. Are they god tier? Are they super top tier? I don't know. Uh, so Chaos, Thousand Suns, um, Jukari, we have Gene Stealer Cults, Orcs are up there. Or maybe Orcs are above Gene Stealer Cults. I'm just going to start naming them off. I think it's like Gene Stealer, Orcs, Gene Stealer, or Gene Stealer Cults, Orcs. I don't know. It's, it's always changing. Actually, the meta right now is really nice because it is always changing. But those those names I just listed are way up there. Um, anything with a, a certain Ultramarine list with Gilman can perform pretty well if played properly. Uh, so like that's a good medium tier. I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some armies. So I said Eldar, Jakari, Orcs, Gene Sealer, Cults. Um, anything with a Thousand Sun Supreme Command attachment in it, or just a generic Thousand Sun army. Um, and then the rest of the medium tier are things like Yanari can be pretty strong right now, so they could be like upper medium tier. Uh, and then like you just have generic like Blood Angels. Like if you're souping, if you're gonna like soup stuff, like if we're gonna call, like call mono armies, Imperial Garter up there as a mono army, they're really strong. Pretty much any of the space marine stuff's kind of crap, medium tier or lesser, like low tier. Necrons are pretty low tier. Uh, Tyranids can be upper, medium, high tier. It depends on how they're played. And I, I think I think Tau's the same. 
Oh, Tau's actually pretty top tier. Medium top tier for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that yeah. one is very like yeah. linear. Listing. It's kind of like your Necrons, right? Right. Where it's like that more linear style of like, if, I, if yeah. I'm looking to win, I bring X. <laughs> yes, there's like one way to really play them. There's like the Sniper Drone list, which is really good. Uh, with double Riptide, stuff like that. I've, I've played against that. That's really tough. Um, and uh, lower tier. I think Necrons are pretty lower tier unless you're going to do Tomb Blades. Tomb Blades, spam, Destroyer Splam, then they're like medium tier. And then lower, like the actual garbage tier, you have like Space Marines. Wee! Like just generic Space Marines, like White Scar. I like, is Space Marine. Like Salamanders <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Death Guard are somewhere in the medium, med- middle tier. Chaos Space Marines in general can be pretty good, so like medium, upper tier. So at the at the bottom of the barrel are like your like your generic space rings that no one really plays all that much. Like with Gilliman and uh, like I'm I'm talking mono armies. I'm not talking about like souping things up, but like Gilliman and his Ultramarines can be like medium tier to upper tier. Knights are Oh yeah, knights are knights have been nerfed quite a bit. They're probably good medium tier now, I'd say. Like medium to low medium tier, maybe upper medium tier if you spike high enough. <laughs> Next question is by Big Mikey, Luca, when can we expect 30k Space Wolves? Also, a while back you were talking about taking a Catachan army to a tournament. How did you fare? I did really well. I did really well. I was playing for second out of four, no, 32 people. Speaking of soup. Yeah, it was it, it was soupy. It, it was Catachan with a Castellan. Um, I came in, I was fighting for second and then lost that game. The scenario wasn't to my, uh, my, wasn't to my favor in that degree. And I think I got knocked down to seventh place. Anything you would change to either better fit your playstyle or army weaknesses you found? I would have, yeah, I would have played the last scenario better. For sure I would have played. I didn't play it properly at all. It wasn't, it wasn't so much that it was against me. It's that I also didn't play it to the best. I could have swapped out a what couple of things. What was one of those things where you like read it wrong in the beginning and then... I think I was feeling rushed, maybe. I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was the eternal, we were actually doing eternal war missions and it was the one with the intel. And I put intel, I was playing um, Imperial Guard and I placed it on like two characters I was a little too reckless with. And then I had Yark, and I probably should have put the intel on Yark because he's very durable, and I didn't for some reason. But yeah, that, that kind of sucked. Um, I would have I just played the last scenario better because I played the first two amazing. In fact, I actually fought that Tau sniper drone list, and I crushed him pretty good. Like, he, he was, he, this is actually a very competent and good player, and he was very surprised that I won. Like, he was, he was annihilating all my guard, but I had so many Katachan characters that were just like, they just tell themselves, move, 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 running and capturing objectives every turn. And the Castellan was doing the same by killing all his troops on the side. And then when the Castellan killed everything that was scoring or near scoring, he would then focus on like his big Riptides. That I also got really lucky that game because he had a full Riptide with a 3-up and vulnerable save. And the Castellan's got four random Meltas on it. And the Riptide was close enough. I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. The Riptide's the only thing in range for the Melta. So I'll shoot the Meltas at the Riptide. Killed it in one shot. He failed three invulnerable saves and I rolled like... 18 damages or like 15 damage or something ridiculous like that. And he was he was <laughs> a little tilted by that. Not to mention he shot a full it was a three man squad of broadsides with all the smart missile systems and the high yield missiles. Everything everything in the Castellan zero damage. And he popped everything too. He uh, so he did he kayun he kayun and he did and, the uh, uh, reroll failed wound rolls. Oh, everything zero how? zero damage to the Castellan. Oh man! I, well, I rotated ion shields. In fact, it was clutch. Uh, honestly, like that's that's like the broadsides are so good. But the yeah. second you walk up with a good involve, you're just like oh, I, yeah. I I hate this so much. It was it was super clutch too because I had not gotten I only had two command points left. I didn't have the third one for the rotated ion shields. And then he did the stratagem that lets them. Reroll wound rolls before they fire. That's so that is the, the commander one. can't shoot or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's a command and control node. Yeah, so I think you do it before you shoot. Yeah. Or oh, there was something he did. Do the, the, it's when the commander goes to shoot. 
he chooses not to. Yeah. And command control node for a command point. And then I had Kirov's Aquila. So on a five off, I get a command point back. So he does that. And I got the command point back. And he went, <gasps> he, and he went, to, no! he went to go target the Castell. I'm like, rotate ion shields. He's like, man, are you kidding me? I would have been so <laughs> salty. And it worked. Per I made a lot of three ups. I, like I really, specifically three ups. I, I'm not the biggest fan of all the... Oh, you, you get a command point back on a whatever roll, and like they exist, so you bring them. Yeah. But like, it, it's it's they're it's, huge. I just find it's it's lame when they're like, hey, here's this cool resource to work with. Also, let's just ignore that resource. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. meh. Like that that whole list was meant to pour six command points a turn into that Castellan if I needed to. Gross. And uh, when can we expect the 30k Space Wolves? They're actually held up at customs right now. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're held up at customs right now, so uh, I don't know when. Maybe soon. Maybe maybe never. <laughs> I hope at some point. I'm having a little bit of trouble with that right now, so I'm trying to figure that out. And uh, yeah, that's that's it for that question. And I'm just gonna. I, I I don't have time to do all these streamlab ones unless I can go through them quickly. But I, I'll give you four more minutes. New Snoogan. What does we? Oh, I already done that one. Uh, oh wait, flip mode sh. <laughs> What will we see first? Kenny in a role-playing go role-playing game show, or excuses for Kenny not being in a uh, in a role-playing game show? Probably excuses for Kenny not being in a role-playing game show. I, I, I'm a little confused because like Kenny was already in a role-playing game show. I guess maybe like what what are we gonna see first next? Honestly, we haven't seen Kenny in a little he's while. He's actually coming by tomorrow. Oh, okay. He he had, he had recently at the same time got a new girlfriend and a job. Oh, he did get a job. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So it was very... Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember talking to him about that the last time. And so. he, he was very much the type of like, oh, he hasn't been in a relationship for a while, so he got into a relationship and then you just never see him again. <laughs> he's just poof, gone. Where'd, bye. He, where'd he go? He's gone, but that's fine. He's coming by tomorrow to play some Age of Sigmar, so you'll see that game in a week, probably, actually. Andrew Octobeard. I'm thinking about converting some Blood Warriors to Berserkers. Should I buy the Warrior Box or the Starter Kit? Have you done anything like this? I haven't done anything like this, but we do have models in the studio that have um, Blades of Corn, Blood Warriors converted to be Berserkers, and that is a really, really, really cool conversion. Um, I'm not too sure what to suggest you buy. All I know is the Blood Warriors were the base of the model. And uh, I think there's like just some, like the Gore Fist was like an excellent power fist and stuff like that. In fact, you honestly don't need to do a whole lot of converting <laughs> on those guys. Uh, but I, I, I'm sorry, I don't really know what to recommend. Um, starter box, if you want more Age of Sigmar stuff. I, I, I don't actually know what's in the uh, Blades of Corn starter box. There's, I know there's several of them, and I'm not too sure which one you mean. DM Crab, and I can't remember what they are. Any ideas on when Games Workshop will release Sisters of Battle? Christmas? They promised 2019, so probably Christmas. <laughs> the like Expect like December 31st, 2019 is your Sisters of Battle. At like at the probably at the earliest too. They they actually might delay it. Who knows? They seem to be making good progress. The beta rules aren't that impressive, but those again were a means to an end. Kind of like we were tired of how the sisters play. Now here's how we here's the idea of how we want them to play. Now these are just kind of test rules. Expect these to change as we get feedback. So expect the sisters to be better than that. And uh, I don't know when to expect them though. December thirty first, twenty nineteen. You heard it here first, folks. Zero Mixer 1, what is your favorite army for Age of Sigmar in 40k? And 40k? So 40k, I do love my Necrons. I just wish the rules were more akin to how I, how I remember them back in the day. And my favorite army for Age of Sigmar is definitely Legions of Nagash. I love hordes of zombies and skeletons. It's just sometimes it can be a little taxing to play. 
Sorry, I'm just powering through these now. Richards, is 30K just 7th edition? Which books do I need to start? Okay, so 30K is um, an updated 7th edition. It's 7th it's edition with all the FAQs, new added rules, and if you're familiar with 7th edition, you, it'll come back to you quickly, but make sure you read everything very carefully because things have changed. You, uh, the perfect example is abilities that used to say they suffer, us, um, they suffer a wound with no saves of any kind allowed. It used to be that Feel No Pains were... They even got FAQ to saying, yes, these don't count as saves. You can still take Feel No Pains against abilities like that. Now it's the exact opposite, where Feel No Pains are not allowed to be used against abilities that say no saves of any kind allowed. So you have to watch out for things like that. So you have to buy the Horus Heresy core rulebook because they have their own rulebook printed out. So I highly recommend that. And the... It depends on what army you want to play, but I, if you're going to play one of the generic legions that aren't White Scars, Blood Angels, or Dark Angels, buy the Legion book, and you can buy the Army List book. So you need three books. The Army List book has all of the... everything that has access to the legions. If you're going to play Mechanicum, then you have to buy the, the Mechanicum book instead. That'll have all the rules there for you. Or just do some research on what books you need, but you need the core rule book, and pick a legion, pick an army, and then do some research and see what books you need. More or less, you're fine with the... if you're going to do a legion, you're fine with the army book, the rule book, and the legion book. And it's a modified 7th edition. It's a better 7th edition because it doesn't have any of the nasty detachments like before. Cruel 46. Favorite Heresy Iron Warriors novel. I haven't read any but short stories yet. And it was... I think it was in Age of Darkness. It was a really cool short story of Iron Warrior... Traitor, traitorous Iron Warriors sieging Loyalist Iron Warrior Stronghold. And it was being held by this old, decrepit Iron Warrior Warsmith. And he was just outplaying these young and obnoxious traders so cool, so well. And that was an awesome short story. Apparently, Iron Warriors has some great, great stories in the Heresy. I just haven't got to them yet because they, they weren't my favorite Legion. But when I have nothing else to read, I'll, I'll probably get to them first, if that makes sense. <laughs> Lehman Rust 30k. Luca, do you want to see my 30k Space Wolf army? Yes. I would love to. I would love to see your 30k Space Wolf army. I, have, I think my, my army is only 3,500 points. I built it to play at 2,500, 3,000, and 3,500. Uh, just by being able to take away a few models here and there. I would love to see your army, though. So you can email it to me at lucaminiwargame.com. Um, I'm sure it's probably bigger than mine. Zerglergaderg! If you could make a new crazy monster from Forge World, what army would it be for, and what would it be? Oh, that's a, that's a pretty... That's a complex one. Oh, jeez. I'm already over time. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do two more, then I'll get to yours at the end. How do you... Just, just say Tyranids. It's easy. Oh, you're right! Oh, Tyranids! A cool new monster for Tyranids! What would it be? Oh, it would be a giant space worm. Yeah, 100% done. Yeah, Boom. Space worm. I love, I love, like, Stellaris, the Leviathan expansion. Just, like, weird kind of space creatures that are, like, they're, they're usually, like, fishy looking or... Well, they like kind of swim through space. They kind of swim through space and somehow survive out there. I don't know the science behind it. I don't know the biology behind it, but one of those would be amazing. Or maybe something like that for uh, Battlefleet Gothic would be cool. Oops. Next question. Flash gets painting. How do you feel as far as balance is concerned? AOS versus 40k, pros and cons, etc. I think AOS is incredibly balanced, but it's, it's, it can be very like hit or miss at the same time. I like AOS's uh, scenarios. I like the way that AOS's force organization is my favorite thing about it. It's very basic. You you pick your allegiance, and you have to be only that allegiance. So it's all mono armies, and you're allowed to have 20% of your army be allies, and that is it. Why can't 40k do that? Why can't you just have 40%? You have to, if you're going to a tournament of 40k, you have to pick your army. That is, you're only allowed to use that book, and you can use up, you can bring allies in any attachment you want up to 20%, and then boom. I think that just solves so much of the stuff I don't like in 40k. And in fact, that's almost a rule that I kind of enforce on myself as well when I do things like that. 
Because like I'll bring Imperial Assassins to any Imperium army, but it's usually... Um, I guess it goes over 20%. No, it doesn't because it's less than because it's like 300 and something points. I usually play 2,000 point games. How do you feel? But yeah, no, I think AOS is much more balanced. And it's more, at least more balanced is the way I like the game. Now, this is the last question by The Darkest Dig. Thoughts on Hex Raids for Night Hunt? Uh, they're pretty okay. Uh, they're amazing at grabbing objectives, and that's the main thing you should use them for. So they go and charge something. They charge your opponent's front line. They're usually pretty durable because they have a 4-up save, can't be modified, and if there's a hero nearby, 6-up to ignore damage. And then they never stay in combat with them. You should always be falling back, retreating, and running away. You do mortal wounds to things when you retreat, and you can go deep into their territory, so they're forced to go back and deal with you, as well as taking their objectives. I think hex rays are very good in Night Haunt. Uh, you just have to play them properly, and they're a support unit. They're like a scout vanguard support unit. They, they crash into your enemy, do some damage. Hopefully, you make the, the overwhelming charge. And then next turn, you retreat and go behind their lines and just, just really run interference with them. And that is it. I did all the questions. I'm sure there was more, but uh, I cut you off about 20 minutes ago. So that's that. I do have to get back to my heresy game. Hopefully you, enjoy, you guys enjoyed this live stream. And I want to remind you that Matthew is next week. So expect him on the live stream next week. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you want to leave questions for Matt, go to miniwargame.com and leave your comments there because they will be disabled on YouTube Hopefully you guys had a good time. Hopefully I answered your questions to your standard, to a satisfactory standard. And um, I hope you all have a good day. And as always, I wish you happy wargaming.